Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Uh, You you said like, I think I'm ready to go. So I just had that. I think you know where it's about to go. Uh, Uh, But like, uh, I know that song, but I really only know that one part. So I don't know the rest of the song, but it's like an 80s. I'm not even sure. I, I know the song. I think as soon as you heard it, you'd be like, oh, right. Like, you probably heard it, like, on the radio or in a movie or something like that. Um, but I don't I don't remember the rest of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and so, I don't know. But yeah. that's I think that's how the song begins. Or, like, maybe that's the chorus of the song. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would tell you that you're wrong, but I don't, I can't be confident that I would be right in telling you that you're wrong. That's that's a that's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Imagine I, though, if you, I just had the confidence just to be like, "You're so fucking wrong. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You, <laughs> you have you no idea dumb what piece you... of shit." <laughs> and then like you're, I mean, it would a hundred percent correct, but I was just more confident <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, like I, I think like uh, uh, I, I think like that wouldn't be out of the ordinary if you were like, "You're so fucking wrong." It's this, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool. Yeah." You know. So I think like either way. Uh, this is, this is where it is. So here's the other frustrating part. So I just Googled that lyric. Um, and the only thing that's coming up is the TikToks about it, but it is definitely a song. I'm pretty sure like from the eighties. Interesting. Uh, where this about to go. I, and I want to, it's not telling me, it's not telling me like who originally wrote the song. That's so frustrating. Son but do you know bitch. what other song I've had stuck in my head? What? What song? Here Comes Your Man. Because I kind of hoped that that song would be in this movie. Here comes your man. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because we, this the name of this week's movie is I'm Your Man. Ich bin dein Mensch. And that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm a humanoid robot of Sabrina Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> so we are continuing on with our unconventional love stories uh, this month. And, uh, you know, at, at face value, this one seems like it would be a normal one. You know, cute, cute white guy, cute white girl. Oh, they fall in love. But oh, but there's a twist. Wait, is there a twist? There's a twist. He's a robot. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, He's yeah, a troll. So, Wait, what? <laughs> no, what? Wrong movie. Wrong movie. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about the uh, 2021 movie, which was actually submitted uh, by Germany to be the official uh, uh, international or foreign film uh, for the 94th Academy uh, Awards uh-huh. for the Oscars. I was hoping you were going to say it was submitted to be the official movie of Germany. This is the official movie of Germany. I, I can only imagine that the official movie of Germany has to be like the the TV movie of Knight Rider. Or <laughs> it's got it's something with Hasselhoff. Yeah, because they fucking love David Hasselhoff over there. I, you know what the thing is, is like, I don't even know if that's actually true anymore. Like, I'm sure if we went to Germany right now and we're like, what do you think of Hasselhoff? Like, most people would be like, I don't even know who that is because, like, he was famous 40 years ago and, like, not so much now. Or but they'd be like, you mean Fritz Hasselhoff, my neighbor? He's a good guy, but, like, why would you know him? 
I mean, that's very weird. Isn't that weird? It's just so weird. Yeah, uh, that's how I imagine. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, do we have German listeners? I think we do. Uh, is David Hasselhoff still like the thing, or was that only like a thing in the '90s? And it's just one of those ones that just kept going because nobody refuted it. See, I I have it on good authority that it was still a thing at least somewhat recently, but like. I would consider it like still quote unquote a thing to the extent that like and okay I'm going to I'm going to be real careful with how I phrase this because this is someone who's beloved to me um but it's kind of a thing like uh like Mellencamp is still a thing here in the US where like people are still into him but it's because like because he used to be super popular Okay. That's kind of the 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 impression that I got, and I wonder if I'm wrong. Uh, that like people are into Hasselhoff because Hasselhoff used to be a big deal. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's Hasselhoff, but like nobody like actively like or very few people actively like really really care. But like if you ask, like everyone fucking knows him. I, I feel right. like it's that kind of thing. Like, so, so this is like a uh, reputation precedes him type thing. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a Springsteen. It's a Bon Jovi. It's a, a Mellencamp. It's a Meat. Oh God, I, I'm I'm doing it because <laughs> I fucking love Meat Love too. <laughs> so, so here here's the thing though. Like, it, you know, you got. I mean, we're in our 40s now, right? That's true. So, like, we remember. You know, like we grew up in the age of of Knight Rider. I, I mean, we were young. Rider. Right. We we were young. I mean, we were like, you know, 10 or under when Knight Rider was actually a thing. Sure. But we grew up with Knight Rider and stuff like that. But like anybody under 40, they wouldn't have grown up with that or like Springsteen or Mellencamp or Meatloaf for that matter. So they would have had to discover them via other means. Like if I mean, I you know, my daughter's only 10. But if I were to ask her who any of those people were, she'd be like, these all are made up words to me. Like none of those... Like that, those aren't real people, you know. Yeah, she probably if I played a meatloaf song, she'd be like, "Oh, right." Like she she knows meatloaf songs, you know. So like, unless you're from like, New Jersey, in which case you're born knowing who Springsteen and Bon Jovi are, and like that's just kind of it's. But are you still though? That's yes. that's the question I'm asking. That is like, true. Is that is still, still true. That is still true. But See, that's because I'm, New Jersey is still... a very special place. <laughs> New Jersey is a special place. Uh, and, well, that's so. That's the question. Is like. Yes, that was true, but is it still, you know, like, uh -huh. you know, for a while, Jersey Shore was all anyone could talk about with New Jersey. But Ugh. if I went to New Jersey right now and talked to like a 20 year old, it was like, hey, Jersey Shore, they'd be like, what is that? And he'd be like, oh, it was a TV show, Snooky. And they'd be like, I don't know what any of those words mean. They wouldn't know that either. They'd say because you were it so came cringe. and went so fast. They would be <laughs> like, you are so cringe right now. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. And you'd be like, but <laughs> <laughs> no cap, no cap. No um, my daughter right now is like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. She's not, she's not listening, but that's what she would be doing. She would be. She would. She <laughs> and would, she'd god, be right. Please stop. She would be totally right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about the movie I'm Your Man, uh, 2021 German film. Uh, I thing I did not know. Uh, so Dan Stevens stars in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, who after this film, I have a, another, a, yet another greater appreciation for Dan Stevens. Um, but he, uh, is fluent in German. Yeah. And this is something I did not know. Of course, uh, for those of you who, who don't know who Dan Stevens is, um, he, he's been in a lot of really good things. So he is, uh, he was, he's in downtown Abbey. Um, he was beast in the live action beauty and the beast. Um, what else? He's, he's been in a few other things. Um, but, uh, to me, his, uh, probably his biggest role, um, was he is, uh, Legion. He's in Legion. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was the main character in Legion. I wonder if maybe that's why I was thinking about watching that show again recently. Uh, little fun fact for anyone who's been keeping up with our bonus episode recently. There's been a, a couple times where we've referenced the uh, Amazon Prime series Solos, and yep. uh, Dan Stevens does some voice work on that show. Yeah, he's the one of the the uh, home mm -hmm. he's, bots, he's like the, the Alexa home bot. I think he does two different parts because he's credited as Otto and Tim, and I know that Tim is the uh, uh, Tim is the home robot. I think Otto maybe was the the spaceship robot in Helen, Otto was the spaceship robot in yep. Helen Mirren's uh, episode. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, just a, a fun little aside there for for people who've been following along. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so Dan Stevens, uh, he, he's in this. He's he's an English actor, but uh, obviously in this one, he he speaks German. This is a German film. I, uh, for those of you that watched in advance, I love that. There's a point where um, Alma, the the main character of this uh, this film, points out like, you know, what's with the English accent? Talking to Dan Stevens' character Tom, and like, I didn't even process it because I, I um, I've seen Dan Stevens and I know that he is an English actor, but like he comes on screen and just starts speaking fluent German perfectly that like, I didn't even process a different accent to how he was, how he was speaking. And so like that caught me off guard. I was like, what are you talking about? English accent. And then like, you know, you read through the the trivia about this and he's the only English actor in this. And I think, Oh, well, that's fascinating. I, I, that one, that one also kind of blew my mind. I mean, it was one of those things that like, I know, I know, mm-hmm. right. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that if if I was British and I went to Germany and started speaking German, I would be speaking in a British accent, much like if someone from Germany came to America, they would be speaking with a German accent in, in English, you know? So, like, I knew that. Like, I could put that two and two together in my brain, but when mm-hmm. she said it, I was like, whoa, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was that's, like, oh, that's right. right. That is that a thing. Right. Oh, totally. That's is. like, yeah. So, like, if you were like, Chinese speaking German, you would be speaking German with a Chinese accent. It, it, I that like it's like I know that that the works forward and backwards, right? Yeah. I know that, but like it just it didn't click in my brain until she said it. Like I agree, like that was a thing uh-huh. in my mind. It made my mind like buzz. Yeah, like I just I just hear him speaking German. Right. That's it. That's yeah. That's it. I didn't think twice about it. It's fascinating, but yeah, I mean, he he has a. Clearly a, a very strong grasp on the language. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently at least at least able to affect, if not actually fluent in uh, a couple other languages too, because there's a, a moment uh, later on in the film where he starts speaking both uh, French and Korean. Uh, right, and Spanish. And, oh, that's right. Did he speak Spanish? Because he speaks point? from Buenos Aires, um, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, an actor can learn those lines, but the way that he like masters language and pronunciation or Seems to. I guess I, I don't know either any of those languages well enough to say that he mastered them. Uh, but, you know, the way that he seems very comfortable with the, the pronunciation and the affectation of those languages. Passable. It was definitely passable to to a, you know, somebody who who just sort of knows the language. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I could pick out French. Like, if somebody started speaking French, I'd be like, you're talking French. Like, I could pick it out, right? So, like, it was passable enough that when he started speaking French, I was like, ah, that's French, clearly. Yeah. You know, like, it didn't seem weird. I, this this also goes, I've been re-watching uh, Wakanda Forever, because uh, it just dropped on Disney+, Plus. Yes. Uh, for those of you listening, about a week ago. Um, and that, you know, makes me think of that because uh, um, Lupita Nyong'o's character um, speaks several languages throughout mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. And that same sort of idea is like, you know, I picked up the Spanish, I picked up the French, I picked up, you know, uh, the, um, I don't know how to pronounce the the Wakandan language. I know it's just a, it's just an African uh, language, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know whether it's Josa, I think it is. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, she I also don't... speaks that as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but crazy language is a crazy thing. So, uh, so I'm your man. So here is the IMDb description for this movie. Mm-hmm. In order to obtain research funds for her studies, a scientist accepts an offer to participate in an extraordinary experiment. For three weeks, she is to live with a humanoid robot created to make her happy. Um, yes, th- this that is that is the general idea of this movie. Now, I will say. Um, you know, getting getting it all, getting our cards on the table right mm-hmm. off the bat. I absolutely loved this movie like to death. Um, but the in order to obtain research funds for her studies was very implied, and I only knew that she was doing it because I read the description in advance. There's kind of a throwaway line where uh, basically she's she's having a quick conversation with the dean or the director or whatever of the museum Roger. that she works at, you know, Roger, uh, spelled like we would say Roger, uh, which yeah. I thought that was interesting too because there's another character who, like, we would pronounce Regina, but she says Regina. Regina. Uh, but anyway, so she's speaking to Roger, uh, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm on the ethics committee for this project, uh, but like you know, I need your opinion on this. Uh, and you know, just it's just three weeks, and if you do it, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that you know we get you to. Uh, I think he says to Chicago. It's you know, send her to her her whole research team 
to another country to view this uh, ancient cuneiform tablet that they've been researching and uh, you know, uh, working on writing a, a publication on for several years. He's like, we'll get you there to see it in person. And she gives him a look like it's kind of a quid, uh, quid pro quo thing. And he's like, it's not a bribe. Think of it as a reward. Like, you, I, I, you know, as a thank you, 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 you have done this favor for me. I am going to thank you by giving you this additional boost to your research. So it's a little bit misleading that they say in order to obtain funding for her research. Um, it's more that like she does the thing and by extension, she's given a reward of a, a work trip, basically. I, yeah, you know, the, the really interesting thing about this movie is that it both stops and starts at very interesting points in the story. Because yeah. when the the movie starts with her meeting um, uh, uh, Dancy, you know, the, the robot Tom, um, to begin with. So, like, she's already, like, she's already knee-deep into this thing. Like, she's already taken the assessment. She's already talked about, you know, they, they had her take a whole bunch of personality tests and mm -hmm. and asked her a whole bunch of questions of, you know, like, physical and, and like, emotional and, and like, relationship type things. So, like, she's already done extensive background to get to this moment where she meets the robot for the first time. Mm -hmm. And we're, we start right at that moment. Like we, we don't get to see all of the, you know, like, I think I'm going to do it. You got to do it for the money. Okay. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I got to do all the background stuff, which I feel like a, a, typically that's what would happen in a movie like this. You would at least get something of a, of a montage at the beginning, if not like actually showing all of these things happening. Uh, and yeah, they just dump us right into it. She shows up at this, what appears to be like a, a swanky club. People are dancing. There's fan, you know, fine dining tables set up and this, uh, person greets her at the door, brings her to her table, introduces her to Tom, who is just instantly hella awkward. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to be, it's going to be this kind of thing where like, he's like, I am a robot. How are you? All my, he says her name in every sentence, and I'm like, okay, this is this is a little bit weird at first. But then you you see that it's like he's basically a walking algorithm and starts to immediately respond to her responses and the way that she reacts to him and adapt accordingly. And it's like is is this going to get like is this going to get real weird? Like is it going to get dark? It kind of felt like it was going to get dark. It doesn't. It doesn't get dark. I, you know, I, uh, I expected, you know, maybe, maybe this is the German in the film. Um, but I expected more of like, uh, like a hill, you know, of like a, a like a rise, a climax and like a down. A like I expected drama. more of that. Yeah. You know, or like this, you know, we would see more of like the romance, you know, happen or not happen for that matter. And it didn't really do that, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but but yeah, you know, he starts off very robotic. Um, and she even says, like, are you kidding me? I took, you know, uh, all these tests and all these exams. And the first thing he says is, you know, uh, your eyes are like a mountainside or something yeah. like I could get lost in your eyes like a mountainside or something like that. And she's like, and that's the first like that's the line that's supposed to win me over based on all the things I said. And I think that was very interesting because that is, you know, I mean, this is a very relevant topic right now mm -hmm. about like chat AI bots and stuff like that. You know, chat uh, the GPT, I think it is, is that's the is, big one you know, right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's making a lot of waves. Uh, you know, people are predicting it to be the Google killer, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and that is the thing is like you start talking to those bots and they are going to be very, you know, very robotic. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a week down the line, you're like, oh, shit, like I forgot this was not a real person because they're going to like keep adapting and adapting and adapting and adapting and eventually, you know, get to the point where Tom is, you know, kind of in the in the middle of the movie. And I think it's fascinating because um, the film industry and television industry uh, and even literature tends to present AI to us. Uh, in a concept where, like, here we have a fully formed AI. It's a humanoid, android, robot, whatever you want to call it, an automaton. Uh, and, you know, it's fully formed. It's 
maybe it's sentient. That maybe that's uh, maybe that's an ethical quandary that we're going to wrestle with in this film. We don't know. Uh, but here you go. It's going to learn from you. But it's already you know it's already basically human, and most people won't tell the difference. Whereas in the real world, we've been presented with AI in the form of a computer that plays Jeopardy, uh, a chat program, a Twitter bot that got racist. <laughs> so like, right. We're, right. I think we're like, as much as like, you know, actual robotics uh, is, is starting to uh, approach the uncanny valley uh, with how close to humanoid they can get the physical structures. Uh, actual AI is a very different proposal than what we tend to see in films like this. And I, th I think it's really interesting to see the artistic approach to what this concept could be versus the real world, let's call it scientific approach. Yeah. You know, I mean, chatbots though, you know, are really a thing there. There's an app called replica and it's spelled with a K uh -huh. R E P L I K A. Um, and it's a chatbot basically, but you can pay for different levels of chatbot. So the, the free version gives you basically nothing. Like it's, it's just like a, hi, how are you? I'm good. Look up this thing for me. Mm -hmm, Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can pay for different experiences. You can actually pay for a level. And this is, this is very similar to the plot of this. You can actually pay for a level of replica where it's basically a waifu. It's an anime caricature Yikes. that will like send you nudes and like talk sexy to you and like act like a girlfriend. You can text it just like a girlfriend or boyfriend for that matter and and talk to it uh, just like that. And it'll send you pictures, it'll text you pictures randomly and stuff like that. But like you can pay for that level of, of sort of interaction. And I think that is really interesting because I think there is a there is a enough of a subset of people out there, you know, we could refer, we could say that maybe they're incels, but I think they live more in like the otaku neat, mm -hmm. like the shut-ins, not incels, but kind of still shut-in people, that that sort of thing could be monumental for them. Like, and I'm against it, but I'm totally for it. And, and I say yikes, not in the sense of like yucking someone else's yum, but in the sense of like, how could that go terribly wrong? Just, just like I mean, we we see enough examples coming from people's imaginations of how it can go terribly wrong. Uh, I just, you know, the real world can be even darker uh, at times. But also, I say yikes because my first thought was Krieger from uh, Archer, who creates himself a holographic. Waifu. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, but that's the thing, you know, we talked about, you know, you mentioned about the, like, the, the Twitter bot that became racist is, you know, that, that sort of replica thing. And I know they probably have safeguards to prevent this, mm -hmm. but it becomes a thing where, like, somebody is bitching about their mom and then, like, a month goes by and the bot's like, yeah, you should totally kill your mom. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's, you know, because they don't understand, yeah. you know, the, the complication, you know, the complication, but like, yeah, you should definitely push her down the stairs. Like I, I'm totally with you, you know, and then they do. That's the thing with, with algorithms is like, okay, yes, they learn, they learn what you like, they learn what you don't like, whatnot, but they can learn negative things too. Again, going sure. back to the example of the, the Twitter bot that, that, that basically decided that Hitler was great and went on a racist tirade before being shut down. Was that Microsoft that did that? It was one of I the think big it was. companies. It was a big company. Uh, but yeah, like algorithms can learn the wrong lessons too, uh, which is, you know, actually in a way kind of humanizing for them uh, because humans can very much learn the wrong, <laughs> the wrong lessons and go down the wrong paths very easily. They get indoctrinated yeah. because it's the only thing that they get fed. So they're like, ah, well, this is the only thing that exists clearly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky, tricky thing. And, you know, how far away are we from from something like this, a humanoid looking robot with this sort of AI? Really, really far. I hope AI, so. <laughs> maybe a lot closer. The AI part of it, we're probably really close. Like if we're not there, we're really, really, really freaking close, like under 10 years. But the humanoid robot part of it, I mean, we're decades away from that, like at best, at best, you know, 50 years. What? I don't know. I'm not a roboticist. I'm just sort of guessing, uh, but I've, I had to assume based on like news reports and things that have read in tech journals, we are very far away from the physical aspect. But the AI part, I think we're almost there. It's just like, I don't know, man, from, from what I know of, of humans, I just, 
It, it's not even that I don't trust the AI. It's just that I don't trust people to design one that then isn't going to murder us all. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, clearly. So, so Alma agrees to this thing very reluctantly. Um, you know, she she uh, is very skeptic skeptical right off the bat. So we already know that Alma is, is you know kind of not going into this with an open mind. She she very much is going into this being like it's a means to an end, right? Like she knows that she, she gets something she wants out of it, mm -hmm. you know, and when she brings Tom home for the first time, uh, you know, he, uh, she, she puts him in a spare room and he's like, Oh, we're not like sleeping in the same room because the idea is, is that they're supposed to live together as though they were a couple. That is, that is part of the, the ethics. And, and now, uh, you know, we do learn later that Elma is not the only one, uh, in this, in this study. There is, there's a lot of other people, people mm -hmm. doing this study, you know, and both, you know, different uh, levels and types of people that are getting these robots. But I think we can, we can get, well, I say get right into it. I mean, we're like halfway through the episode. We, we can get into why I think that this movie does Alma a bit of a disservice. Uh, because as you said, Alma starts out very close off to this whole, whole notion. And as we learn more about Alma, uh, she is someone who like, she's lived alone for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, we know that she had a previous relationship with Julian, who seems to be maybe one of her colleagues at the museum. Uh, Julian has since, uh, remarried or has a, a new partner. Uh, there's a, like, almost throwaway moment where we find out that that new partner is, is pregnant. He's, you know, in, in some ways very clearly moved on, but in other ways seems to be like still pining for Alma. And it's like, all right, man, like make up your mind. Uh, but she's, yeah. she's moved on. She's closed off and she seems to be, um, if not happy, reasonably content with the life that she has. She doesn't want more. She's not pursuing more. She's, she's certainly not pursuing a relationship, whether human or AI. You know, she takes care of her father at least once a week. Her father is in his eighties and seems to be uh, possibly suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, she has her work that she's dedicated years of her life to. And we later learn uh, that part of her drive is that she, she lost a child at, you know, you know, some undisclosed time during pregnancy. Uh, Julian's and, child. Uh, yes, with, with Julian, uh, yep. which is part of what makes it so much more difficult for her when she learns that Julian's new uh, new wife, fiance, Lady. girlfriend, I, I think partner, girlfriend. partner, I think yeah. is good enough since we don't know. Um, well, because he says, you know, they're like, oh, you're moving in together like you just met. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's, it's partly for financial reasons. Yeah, that may, well, and then, yeah. then we find out what the other part is. <laughs> what, what the financial reason is to, to raise a child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but all that to say that like, Alma's not looking for love. Alma is content with her life. And Alma seems to be, to me, someone who is uh, independent and secure in herself enough to not fall for, like, this, you know, AI knight in shining armor sort of thing. That she, she knows, like, she has no intent to get anything from this program. Uh, she's just participating, and she immediately makes her boundaries which the AI does not respect because it doesn't yet know how to, which uh, AI companies, uh, maybe if you're going to start a program of uh, pairing people up with humanoid AIs as potential life mates, uh, maybe teach them consent and boundaries before you do that. Like that might save some time for your people. <laughs> he, he does good though. But I mean, like the boundaries that he breaks are like, he cleans her apartment. And, you know, so they're not like, you know, he doesn't like force himself on her. You know, in fact, he, he True. you know, I, she drunkenly throws herself at him and he's like, nope, you're going to go to bed. That, and I thought that was really great. That is, that is a, a fair point. It's more that like he just like he keeps pushing back and pushing back and like trying to do these sure. romantic things when she explicitly states like, I don't want this. Like he's trying to execute his program yeah. and she's like, no, stop. Yeah. Control all delete, bitch. Um, all of that to say that I don't get the read from Alma that she is someone who would just after, you know, like the, the program is supposed to be three weeks. We know that uh, like she and like decides well before the three weeks is done that she's she's not interested. I don't feel like that she is someone that within three weeks time or less is going to actually develop strong feelings for this per this AI uh, and like completely 180 on her stance on the whole program. 
I feel like she would have been a little bit more firm in that than what she ends up being. And I think the film does her a little bit of a disservice by making it a love story. Do you, but do you think, do you think they actually end up together though? Spoiler, we don't really know. We don't. Do you think they actually end up? I don't think they do. It is strongly implied that they do. I don't think, I think maybe, but I don't think in a romantic way. And if, I think I think it ends up in like a companionship way, and that is that is the the outcome that I would like to see from this film, just because that is who I see Alma as being. And by the end, as much as I kind of shit on who Tom was when she first meets him, by the end, his programming has taught him enough about her for him to be respectful and be understanding of the, the boundaries that she sets. Uh, <clears throat> to the extent, like you said, when you know, she drunkenly tries to uh, to hook up with him, he's like you're going to go to sleep. Good night. Uh, I liked that. That was good writing. Um, you know, so thank you to Maria and Jan and Emma who were uh, involved in the writing and directing of this. Um, but yeah, it, it is somewhat implied because like she, she sends him away and he doesn't go back to the, the, the program doesn't go back to the factory or whatever um, because he knows that if he does, he'll just be erased. But he goes to a place where he expects her to come and find him, and she does, which to me implies that the writers are saying that they get together and they stay together and happily ever after. And yeah, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. About that. I'm iffy about that. I, I don't know. Uh, I I would like to, my headcanon is that's not what happens. My headcanon is is that they live on in this companionship because she she says like several times throughout the movie and she makes very valid points. Um, you know, at some point, you know, she she's being uh, you know asked by the by the psychologist that is supposed to be like monitoring this, who we find out is a robot too. Which coolest fucking twist ever? Like I thought that was she was like you're a fucking robot too, and he, she's like yeah. I was like, "What? That's awesome." I mean, that was kind of obvious from the first scene. I didn't. Th I did not catch it from the first scene, but when she showed up to the house the second time, I was like, "You're a robot." Um, very cool. But you know, she she makes a point of saying, uh, you know, something to the effect of like, "But you are like you're you're doing exactly everything I want you to do." So there's no friction. There's no challenge in the relationship. There's mm -hmm. no spice, you know, so to say. She's like, it's it's exactly what I want. And we do see that, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he makes a, you know, uh, fills the bathroom with rose petals and lights a million candles and puts a bubble bath and has some wine. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, 93% of uh, German women say that they would love this. And she's like, guess which uh which percentage i fall in and he's like the seven percent she's like yeah i don't fucking want that so she goes he goes from like these generic romantic things to in the end of the movie they are very much like the the little things that he does are very much tailored mm -hmm. to her what she's she he you see him grow like you see him do these things that only she would find romantic and not these generic i'm gonna be lost in your eyes like a sunset you know, bullshit responses. So I think that was, you know, one for the writer's part, that was an amazing thing that they did because I saw the algorithm grow and change throughout the movie. Well, there's a moment where she's upset and she like kind of storms off to like go have a smoke and she's just like in a little park or something like that across the street. He comes out after her and doesn't immediately see her and goes off looking. He goes to the, her her favorite pub that she hangs out with, which is where you know, he was with her when she got super drunk that one night. So we thought maybe she'll go back there because she's upset. Okay, that's the algorithm learning. Then when he doesn't see there, you know, he presumably looks a few more places. He ends up at the museum where she works. She's following him now to see where he would go. And his response is like, I knew you would come here. I thought that that was interesting because like she only came there because she was following him, but he went there assuming like if she's going to run off, it's going to be to her work. And yeah, like, no, I, I think that was a really, and I, that's the moment too, you know, cause like she, she makes a drunken advance uh, at him before this, mm -hmm. um, but she kind of does it out of anger, mm -hmm. right? Because she, she very much is egging him on and she's like, come on robot. Like, isn't this what you're supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I also think it's really interesting. The, the engineers and the designers put in, uh, like a consent thing Yeah, is that, uh, his, parts won't activate unless he is kissed first. Yeah. Um, which I think is very, very interesting. It's a very interesting 
kind of like consensual step is that like you have to activate it first. It's not just a turn it on and go. It's it's a like you have it has to be romantic. You know, have to be romantic almost. You know, you have to. They they built in foreplay. Yeah, I say which to an extent kind of helps keep uh, this like presumably expensive and ridiculously uh, complicated high tech piece of machinery from just being a. Uh, a sex doll. Um, yeah, where, basically. Where I think it, it it breaks down a little bit for me. And I'm, it's not that I'm mad about it. I just, I don't, it, this didn't feel right for, for Alma's character to me. Uh, there's the moment, so like, you, you see them, like her slowly start to tolerate him and like she becomes kind of okay with him. It's more like he's a friend or a colleague that's just always around. Um, it like doesn't seem to me like enough for it to be like romantic attraction, you know. And then he, you know, he, he rebuffs her when she drunkenly tries to to hook up with him. And then later on, they do have an actual like intimate encounter. It's after the night at the museum because she's like, "Oh, this was just so beautiful." I'm Not like, the movie. They yeah. didn't go watch the movie and they're like, "What are we going to bow <laughs> yeah, after this?" They watched the night at the museum and just thought that it was just such a a, a heart like wrenching performance from uh, uh, from the guy ben Stiller from. Uh, uh, the guy playing uh, Roosevelt was that? Who was that? Was that? That's Robin. Was Williams. that Robin? I, I wanted to yeah. say Robin Williams. But I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna be wrong, and I don't want to be wrong. And I didn't. yeah, no, Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, no. So they they have the, this evening, and they they do actually have an intimate uh, encounter. Uh, and afterwards, like she eventually decides you know to send him away, but she does it in this like, no, you have to go. I could never do it. And it's like that to me isn't a believable moment for her character that she would be like. You have to go, but no, don't leave me, sort of thing. And like that's I actually I really love that moment because she there's this realization. She wakes up early, she sneaks out of bed mm-hmm. when he's pretending to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's fake snoring. He doesn't need to sleep. And she covers him, you know, she puts the covers, uh, uh, you know, pulls the covers up. She sneaks out. She starts making breakfast, and then she's sitting there with the egg. Uh, you know, she made a hard boiled egg and she's sitting there and she's like, fuck, what am I doing? This is a fucking robot. And she says to him, like, I was sitting here trying to make you the the perfect hard-boiled egg. And, like, you wouldn't care what it is. Like, you don't even need to eat. Yeah. Like, what the, like, what, this is fake. This is all fake. And that's where she was like, you got to go. But, like, I can't be the one to tell you to leave. And I I do, I actually do like that moment. And I understand what she means. Because it's like sending... A wild animal back to the thing. You're like, you got to just run because I don't want you to go. But like, you need to go. And so, and like the the realization as she's making making breakfast, and she's like, "Why am I doing all of this?" Like that to me makes sense for her character. Like that yeah. is uh, a big moment of clarity after like maybe she's started to to tip over the, the other way a little bit. But like, I don't know. Just I I I, I guess maybe I'm I'm trying too hard with a you know reasonably generic uh love story film uh but like to me it just it it didn't it didn't feel like enough time for her to develop feelings that deep that she would have any trouble whatsoever being like nah this isn't it for me like you need to go yeah see i i kind of i kind of see it in in a sense of like she lost herself for a second because that's kind of what you know when her saying like this is fake. Like, you know, none of this is real. Mm-hmm. Like you were built to be perfect for me. She's like, you're not real. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, like I think, I think I get, I get it. I get the, I get the moment. I get the idea um, of that. Cause I don't think that's her. I don't think that's her falling in love with him because again, I don't think that that's what happens. I, you know, it's very, it is very open-ended and I think so, but I, I really don't think that that's what happens in the movie. I don't think she falls in love with him. I think she grows, um, to understand him more and respect him as a living creature, as a living thing. I don't think it's love. I think it's more of like an acknowledgement of sentience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the uh, the moment where he, you know, he says like, you know, like when I go back, I'll I'll be erased, and like you can see, like she starts to to wrestle with the ethics of that. He's like, well, that's a good thing about not being alive. I can't die. And like, then she starts to to struggle with it. And that makes sense because that does create an ethical dilemma. That is, you know, like there have been dozens, if not more, uh, you know, pieces written about, 
the the sentience of non-human creatures and to you know to what point does that have to be proven disproven what i mean you know one of the the greatest episodes of star trek the next generation all about putting you know data on trial for for his personhood uh you know that's a classic uh and so like i like that they kind of subtly visit that notion uh in this like there's there's a few times where people kind of like test the notion of is he just a robot or is he a person and whatnot and there's a, a whole bunch of opportunities for him like out in public of like do you think people believed me when i ordered a coffee but i you know do you think they knew i can't possibly actually want anything uh but yeah i don't i don't know it's a great moment that was a great moment when he orders he's like did you think that I can't yeah. actually want anything? She's like, what? She's like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. No, like, I guess I really just, I struggle with that one aspect uh, of her character because it feels a little bit disingenuous to how she's written otherwise. But uh, that is to say that like throughout this film, I think there are a lot of really great, very, you know, at the risk of overusing the word, very human moments. Uh, I think that it, like it is a really good approach to this uh, AI humanity story. Um, I think that if if Alma were written as a character more prone to uh, to falling in love with this uh, this AI character, then a like a real love story uh, could have worked very well. I don't know. I just, I, I, See, but I, I like I'm, that it isn't. I, just, I like really, that she's skeptical. Yeah, and that's what that's the thing. Like I do too, and I I, I guess I'm really struggling to pinpoint exactly what makes me uncomfortable with this film because I think it's very well done. I think it is a beautiful film, uh, but there is something about her character journey that is making me uncomfortable because she feels like someone who is like really truly authentic to herself and her journey, and this presentation of the AI feels so at odds with that that it feels like somewhere along the line they force her to make a compromise that she wouldn't otherwise and that's like it's really difficult for me to articulate exactly what moment is i'm struggling with but it's somewhere in there you know the thing is is is, and i don't know if if this is me victim blaming i don't know she's not a victim but you know what i mean (laughs) is that i feel like she's almost too defiant um, in a sense of like, you know, like day two, she's like, I don't fucking want this anymore. I'm going to call them and tell them to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as, cause the woman, uh, basically she takes Tom home and then three days later, the, the, the cure, you know, the person that's in charge of this account is going to come and interview them and talk to them. And she's like, nope, I'm going to have them take you back and blah, blah, blah. And that's when she's talking to them and she's super rude. And, you know, uh, and Tom is like, hey, you were kind of rude. And she's like, shit, I was kind of rude. You know, and it was like, and that's where she's like, fine, we'll we'll keep going. But I think she's too defiant. So when that moment occurs where she's waking up and making breakfast and then is like, no, no, it's like you fought tooth and nail all the way up until this moment. And now like the moment of doubt feels like such a hard shift from this extra defiance. I think like there was too much defiance in the beginning, you know, and I feel like, uh, I I wouldn't have wanted to see her completely defiant, but I still think she should have been skeptical. I think there was, there was too much defiance and not enough skepticism as like, you're, you're just built exactly. You were, you are tailor made based on a questionnaire. Like you're nothing more than that that's the skepticism as opposed to like, I don't want this. I don't want you fuck everything. It was like, it was like she was fighting against it. So you're right. When that moment occurs, it's like, didn't you fucking hate this? Like, why are you all of a sudden soft about it? I get it. I think that's what it is. You were expecting a little bit more like season one Scully. Yeah. Where she's like, (laughs) maybe, but probably not. Instead, you know, like, instead of like, no, you're wrong. Fuck off. You know, which is what she was for for the beginning of the movie. She very much is like, no, you're just a dumb robot. None of this is real. Everything's fake. Nihilist, you know, but then it, it, but that wasn't really the case. But I do like, because that moment she, she immediately self-doubts it. We don't live in the romance moment at all. And it's not even this big lovey-dovey, oh my God, I love you, but I can't be with you. Yeah. It is just like a quick moment of like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, again, to to your point, the rest of the film works really well. I like that they didn't make it like a full on like, oh, they do fall in love and they get married and they're the happiest ever. Um, I do like that the ending is ambiguous, although I do think that it implies too much that they end, end up together. Uh, just the way that like 
you know, there, there's this whole scene where like she takes him to uh, her father's home. He meets her father. He meets her sister and her sister's child, and uh, they have this whole uh, you know walking down memory lane talking about how like. Uh, Alma and Cora is her sister, and like how their parents used to take them to this town in Denmark uh, every summer. And uh, Tom, uh, you know, is is his programming to create a backstory for why he's in Alma's life. He's like, oh, you know, my parents used to take me there too. So they have this whole thing like the girls remember this young boy who just happens to also be named Tom that they were both madly in love with when they would go for the summers, and they imply like, oh, maybe you were the Tom. And so, like, you know, they, they show a photo and, like, tell this whole story about, you know, there was this ping pong table and we used to ride our bikes and play in the dunes. So when he leaves and she finds out that he didn't go back to the, the company uh, because the, you know, the uh, therapist, director, hey, other robot lady. <laughs> account manager. Yeah, account manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shows up at her house and, like, to, to have another session. She's like, Tom's not here. And then like then where is he? So uh, Alma goes goes off to the this seaside town in, in Denmark. Uh, presumably, like she has this notion of like oh that's where he'll be, which I think is a really interesting jump to assume that he'll go to this place that they talked about like a week ago with her her dad and sister. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of a stretch. I'll allow it for the sake of the story. But like, she goes and she finds him sitting in that exact spot. She's like, how long have you been here? Not long, three days. How long were you planning to stay here until you showed up? So, like, the whole notion, that, like, he's just going to go there and wait. And he knows that he's going to, that she's going to show up because he knows that this is the perfect spot for for them to have their, like, their true, uh, you know, fall in love moment. And, like, again, it's just like, ah, but it's so casual because like when she turns the corner she's just as like mm-hmm. oh like yeah. there's no running they don't they run, don't to run each up other's and arms. there's no big passionate embrace and like yeah and she just very you know she very casually walks up and lays down on the ping pong table and tells the story of tom again you know of saying like you know thomas the 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 boy you know and said like you know i would lay on my back on this on this ping pong table and close my eyes and just hope that thomas would come over and kiss me you know sometimes you know i would lay here with my eyes closed and i could feel his face you know right above mine and like you know i i think he was right there i could you know feel his breath on my lips but i would open my eyes and he was wasn't there and and the movie ends where she's laying on the picnic table and she closes her eyes and then the movie just ends which i think is quite honestly the most brilliant moment in the entire film totally that like setup of like you know i close my eyes and i would i i swear i could feel his breath and he was gonna kiss me and you think like wait is this the moment is tom gonna kiss her like oh that would be that would be exactly what you'd expect and like nope just roll credits and like that's fucking brilliant I, it was great. I love that ending. I love the ending of this. It was very like, I think that's what I love the most of how like unresolved it was. Yeah. Is it's kind of like a, you know, choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely feel like, you know, if you were to say to me, no, they totally run away. You know, you said that's what you're saying. Like they fall in love, they run away together. And I'm like, I don't think they do. I, I don't think that's that's what actually happened. So I think it's very interesting because you could kind of say both. And I feel like both are right. It's, I'm torn because I want to believe that they don't, but also by the end, they start to like, they they do start to click and like, like I could see her. Okay. Hear me out. As much as I've been kind of curmudgeonly about this, but like, she doesn't seem like the type I could actually see her over time falling for Tom and then ending up together. But we also get a chance to like, hear her dictating her report for her boss on, uh, you know, for, you know, for the ethics committee on her recommendation of whether or not the, this program should be allowed to continue. And she flat out says no for all these like really well laid out reasonings. Uh, the biggest theme being like, if people uh, you know, choose to have an AI humanoid AI as their partner and, you know, dedicate so much of themselves to spending time with this, this non-human partner they'll lose connection and lose touch with like actual human contact and connection and interactions uh and she like she really leans into that to her like 
she she sees the benefits and she sees and they, you know there's a, a really interesting moment where she runs into this guy he's like a judge or whatever uh that she had first seen at the the event where she meets tom uh and uh we find out of course that he was a real person and not a hologram like most of the other people in the room seemed to have been and he tells her about how happy he is and how like no one ever paid attention to him uh, until he met you know his his humanoid and now she's so perfect for him but like she she writes this whole thing about how like you know, that will cause people to not make actual human connections, which uh, in a way kind of ties back into what you were talking about earlier with the the people who are, who are shut-ins who, who probably would find uh, some value out of a, a program like this. Uh, but, you know, it's like, where, where is that line? Like, you know, beneficial to people like that, but could it be harmful to people who aren't already in a situation like that? And there are some actually really interesting ethical concerns that are raised in this film, but not necessarily settled. Like we don't walk away from this saying definitively, this is good or bad for these reasons. Um, I do like that. Um, and I think for for all the questions that it raised and the the you know the subject that it dives into, uh, this is a really well written film and like really like it does make you think. Would this work? Could this work? Yeah, I think uh, yes. I, I completely agree in in the fact that this is a very well written movie, and it it left me with questioning of like. Would I want this? Like, if I was given this opportunity, if this technology existed exactly as it does in the movie, would I, as a single person, want this? And I thought about it, I'm like, I, I don't know. Because, like, would I want the perfect person for... Who doesn't want the perfect person for them? Right. That's stupid. Everybody wants the perfect person for them. You know, whether you have them or not, or you don't. You want the perfect person for you in in some sort of relation, whatever, however you define a relationship, you want the perfect one or as close to perfect as you can get. But you know, it it comes down to like, well, what what is perfection? You know, she even says like, do you even get angry? Yeah. And she throws a uh, throws a glass of wine in his face and starts like you know like slapping him around a little bit, and he grabs her arm and he's like, stop it, don't treat me like that. And then he's like. I'm sorry. So like we do see that he has the the capability to kind of be to get angry. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, she, you know, the the biggest line she says is like, you know, she's uh, the the account manager is like, "You want friction?" And she's like, "Yes, I want friction in the relationship." Mm-hmm. She's like, "You can't I don't want it to just be perfect. I want friction to be in the relationship because that's how we grow." And I think that's really interesting because I feel like that would that is the tipping point of like you have somebody that's perfectly designed for you and yeah, they're going to muck things up in the beginning until they learn you, you know, but I mean, is that any different than a real person though? You know, like eventually, you know, after 10 years, 15 years with your partner, you're gonna, your algorithms are going to change and you're going to grow to, you know, be around each other and understand all the things. And maybe you still have friction, but like um for the big things like you won't you know obviously or you you will separate you know but like couples that last for a long time their algorithms change to be good for each other so like how is it any different you know how is it any different i don't know that it is there there's definitely a point in my life where i would have uh, looked at this program completely different and thought like yeah i want that but like the older i've gotten the more that i've, I've realized that like you you can't and I, I think this is where where Alma is correct in, in her assessment. You really can't just start out with a program that says, "I'm going to find a way to make you love me no matter what." Like it, it is the friction. It is the imperfection. It is the ways that uh, you're forced to either learn and grow from one another, or recognize and you know call it quits on you know incompatibilities that help you, you know, in grow as a person and help it, you know, cement a relationship. And if the response to a negative stimulus from you is always like just that the, you know, your partner changing in just the perfect way so that like you never have to like grow or change in any way, then that isn't really a partnership. That's like, that's a computer programming adapting to, to you. Whereas in a, in a real human partnership, if it's working, you grow and change each other and you know, theoretically for the better. And so I can say that, you know, I've 
I've now been with with my partner for you know in the double digits. Uh, I think you know close to 13, 14 years, uh, and it has been a constant uh, a, a, um, algorithm shift. <laughs> algorithm shift, <laughs> an algorithmic <laughs> journey of uh, evolving each other. Like if. If she had just only ever adapted to like learning what made me unhappy or happy and just done that, then I would never have grown as a person and vice versa. Uh, and so I think that that's really where um, we're almost like dead on the money with her assessment is that like the like the algorithm will will grow and adapt and change, but it won't improve you. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is a very, you know, I guess you could say it's a very selfish thing uh, to to want to be in, you know, in the relationship where you're you're right 100% of the time, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, maybe you build in the algorithm where they do, you know, like maybe if you built into that, you know, because she even says like, okay, would, would you be happy if Tom added some friction? And she would be like, yes. And she'd be like, Tom, can you do that? And he's like, yeah. You know, so like, yeah, it's built into the algorithm, mm -hmm. you know, like it begins built in. It's, I think it's a very interesting thing. If I were single, would I do it? Yes. I totally think I would out of just straight curiosity. Oh, yeah, I mean, I would totally do it out of curiosity. <laughs> you know, like if someone was like, here is this humanoid robot, be with them for three weeks. They are designed based on all of your specifications, you know, like, Look, and we're not talking sex robot here, right? Mm -hmm, like we're mm -hmm. not talking, you know, Lars and the real girl. We're talking walking, talking, thinking, reacting thing, you know, whether you call it, you know, humanish or not. Uh, you know, w what do you do? Um, I would totally do it. I would totally do it. Why would I not do it? I think it would be such an interesting experience. I think even too, I would learn a little bit about myself. I don't know if I would necessarily grow, but I think I would learn like, oh shit, I do actually like that. You know, like, oh, you're right. I do actually like when this thing happens, you know, because they would be very observant of that. Like, hey, I've noticed via, you know, computer, you know, recognition and pattern recognition that you like this thing. And I'd be like, oh, wow, I guess I do. That's interesting. And like, there, there's also a, a larger uh, sociological question. Uh, you know, there's the, the point that people make, like you can tell a lot about a person by how they treat the, like the virtual assistant on their phone uh, or like how they, they talk to like voice activated uh, devices or how they interact with an automated like phone prompt system, things like that. Like how people interact with those. Uh, and I, I would be like, almost like more curious to see how people's reactions are to a like something that kind of holds up a mirror to them more so than a lifeless faceless voice activated prompt very interesting i uh i really really like this movie so should you watch this movie yeah, totally. I, I think this is a great movie to watch. I think it raises a lot of interesting questions that we've brought up, and I'm sure many more, um, but yes. And I, I think a big part of, and you, you touched on this already, but a big part of what makes this more of an unconventional love story to, to fit with this month's theme uh, is that, uh, at least as far as like rom-com type movies go, like you said, it doesn't have the big dramatic moments. It doesn't have the betrayal. It doesn't have the like the chase. Like I don't. It's like it, it. It it doesn't have a huge climax. It is a quiet, thoughtful kind of like like not really slow moving. I mean, it's just like just under two hours, but like it doesn't feel like it drags at all. It's very well paced, but it like it's not a high energy film at all. It doesn't really like grip at any like major emotion points. It just kind of feels there and in a way that works really well. Uh, and so like, to answer the question, yes, I think that, that people should watch this movie. I, you know, there was another thing that was missing from this movie that is typical in romance and rom-com movies is the mo the montage of happy. Oh, yeah. You know, where there's like the, oh, look, they're doing human-y things. Mm -hmm. There is no moment of that ever. <laughs> you know, like they go to a party together, but even that is still like apparent that he is a robot. Mm -hmm. And like, he, you know, he even though he does fit in, she makes it feel like he doesn't fit in. 
And, you know, he's like, I don't understand. I was nice to everybody. Like nobody suspected anything. Like I fit in. I think you just expected I wouldn't or didn't want me to. You know, I think it was very interesting. There is, however, a montage of like internet fail videos uh, just after a scene (laughs) of Tom trying to understand why humans think that's funny. (laughs) <laughs> which was great uh it's just like why why do you think that's funny uh, like, i don't know i also appreciate and then this is another nod to the writers i appreciate because my brain immediately said okay so he's learning about humans thinking that these like epic fail internet videos are funny and the person next to him at the cafe explains like oh well it's funny to watch people fall down he's like but like nobody dies right he's like oh no like that that's not funny except sometimes when it is um and like most, I mean, maybe that's unfair, but I feel like most other films, or at least most, maybe most American films, uh, after a conversation with like that, would have hit Tom walking around the city and like see someone get hit by a car and be like, ha ha, or like see someone like skateboarding and like totally bite it. Like, but they don't do that. Like, that's that's right. like too cliche. And they say, you know what, we don't need that. But they do give us a little montage of low quality internet videos. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, the, the, the immature thing would be like for him to like fall down in front of her mm. and her be like, what the fuck are you doing? And he'd be like, well, uh, humans think that falling down is funny. Right. Like I'm trying to, because that's the thing, like, I think that's the difference for this movie for a lot of other movies that are in this similar vein is that, you know, he is designed to be, to be the perfect partner for her. And he knows that she's not going to find that shit funny, you know, and it's, it's not, he's past that. Like he is past that level of intelligence. That's actually, I think that that really is for me, like what makes this movie, what it is, is the things that it doesn't try to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the other big thing, you know, obviously I would be very remiss if I did not compare this movie to Megan, uh, which recently came out because <laughs> Megan, uh, as crazy as it was, brings up a very interesting point because, you know, Megan is this AI doll that is designed, you know, to be the perfect playmate, uh, goes with a girl who her parents just died and she becomes she becomes so attached to Megan because that was the replacement, right? She she wanted to look for a new caregiver, mm-hmm. and Megan was there doing everything for her. Megan is at the same level of intelligence, you know, of, of, of as Tom is. And there is that moment where you know Katie like breaks down crying in the middle of the movie, and she's like, I, "I'm never going to see my parents again." And Megan is right there with an emotional response. And there's that connection and you're like, fuck. And, you know, a psychiatrist who is, who is like monitoring it is like, this is bad. Yeah. She's like, because she is going to become obsessed with this thing. And then what if this thing has to go away? Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, you turn this toy off, the toy dies. It, it gets unapproved. She's like, this isn't a human. Like what happens when this has to go away? How is she going to be able to handle it emotionally? You know, when you say, no, you just can't have the thing anymore. Fuck, that is such a a deep question that uh, you don't really see addressed enough in stories like this. Like, how emotionally attached do people get to things that aren't sentient or artificially intelligent? Like, the number of times that I have seen people, like, legitimately break down over... Uh, you know, a computer dying or over like the, the loss of a, you know, a, a family heirloom or just a thing that they really liked, something that broke uh, because we do put a lot of ourselves into inanimate uh, possessions that like there's a, a, a really deep ethical concern of like what happens when your AI life partner stops, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know, like it, the battery dies, uh, the company goes out of business and it's, I mean, like there's, you know, I mean, I guess it's no different than if like a person died, but yeah, there becomes that dependence. And I think Megan does a really, you know, for as silly as Megan was, it does a really good job of talking about that point too. There is, there's a very great like ethical concern brought up in inside that movie as well. 
um, which I think is really interesting and it's kind of very similar to this. So I'm Your Man uh, is currently streaming on Hulu in America uh, as of time of recording this. Um, so, you know, we we both think that you should watch this movie. I, we just think it's a really great, uh, great film. Um, uh, tru truly enjoyed this one a lot for how it was very different in not only a uh, the romance category, but also in the science fiction category. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. kind of it kind of subverted the expectations for both, and I think in a really good way. Um, so there it is. So if you are the type of person that watches movies after we review them. Uh, I'm Your Man is streaming on Hulu. Go for it. Uh, have a good time. Let us know what you think of it. Of course, you know, uh, hit us up. You can head to our website. We have a comment form there. Um, of course, you can hit us up on social media at NightShiftMG. Uh, that is the uh, social channels for all of our uh, podcasts that are on our network. Um, so definitely give that a listen. And of course, go ahead and drop a subscribe if you're listening on your podcast player of choice. We have brand new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. And if you're able to leave a rating and review, it is how we grow. It is how more people uh, can hear us talk about robots for an hour. I think of it like our algorithm. Yes, it is. Yes, it's the other algorithm that uh, gets solved. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I would say 9.5 out of 10 could have done with more robot sex. <laughs> um, that's, that's where I am with this, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, just uh, like, a real quick, I'll go out on just a mention of how wonderful I thought Marin Eggert was in this film. I, I, oh, yeah. I really like, I spent the whole time trying to figure out like if I recognize her from anything else and I don't recognize anything else in her IMDb profile, but just like absolutely fantastic actor. And I uh, like clearly, as you heard me like, you know, going on at length of how I think her character would or wouldn't have actually reacted in this scenario. Uh, I think that she played the character in a, a strong and believable way. Uh, and so I just wanted to end on that. Uh, just, it, th this was a really good film. Well done, Michael. Yeah, good choice. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Yeah.